oh, excuse me. We've got to do a candle lighting before we do that. That was next. <laughs> While they're doing the candle lighting, look up Exodus 34. Exodus 34, 4 through 8. Um, we see this, this story of um, God's love. And I think that's very important for us to remember. Um, we, talk, we tend to talk a lot about love during the Christmas season. But God's love is the most um, important. And it's the reason why we have love at all in this world. I, and I, I would argue because God himself is love. And because he made all things, he made love as well. So he, he made all these things for us to enjoy. So beginning at um, verse 4 of Exodus 34, it says, So Moses cut two tablets of stone like the first. And he rose early in the morning and went up on Mount Sinai, as the Lord had commanded him, and took in his hand two tablets of stone. The Lord descended in the cloud and stood with him there and proclaimed the name of the Lord. The Lord passed before him and proclaimed, The Lord, the Lord a God merciful and gracious, slow to anger 
and abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness, keeping steadfast love for thousands, forgiving and iniquity and transgression and sin, but who will by no means clear the guilty, visiting the iniquity of the fathers on the children and on the children's children to the third and fourth generation. And Moses quickly bowed his head toward the earth and worshipped. Let's pray. Lord, we just ask God that you would add a blessing to the reading and to the hearing of your word. Father, let it go forth and not return void. And it's in your name I pray. Amen. We have to remember that humanity's biggest problem is, is our tendency towards sin. Our tendency to do bad things. Our tendency to say bad things and to act in bad ways, to act in even wicked ways. And wickedness and violence are everywhere right now. And, and you can uh, turn on any news um, report and you'll see that. Now, um, I, I do agree that uh, a lot of times on news report they tend to only um, report the bad stuff that's going on and, and, and the negative stuff that's going on in our world. But our world is full of wickedness and violence. And there is not much love to go around. Um, I remember uh, the, the song by uh, Phil Collins years ago, and it, the song is A Land of Confusion. He says, there's not much love to go around. Well, that's exactly how I feel in our society. That there's not much love to go around. Um, so many people right now in, in the political realm have, um, have, have a lack of love. because, And I know this because they lack forgiveness. That there, there's a lack of forgiveness um, in our society today. Um, people aren't willing to let go of a slight or of an offense. And in fact, they jump on the offense and, and they keep on it and, uh, they, to, to the detriment of the person. We call it cancel culture. Uh, people are not willing to forgive. Why? Because they do not have love in their hearts. And they have uh, been taken over by wickedness and violence. Our sins have caused us to be unloving and unforgiving people. But God has revealed Himself as a God who loves, and especially one who loves His people, His creation, His creatures. And He desires their love in return and wants them to love each other. And that's, that, that's what God is focused on. And so I go back to the book of Exodus because we, uh, this goes back to the beginning where God declares Himself to be a loving God. God's steadfast love is seen here and it's expressed mainly in His forgiveness of sins. His love means His forgiveness. And so in, in this um, background here for th this chapter, what's happening here is that God is um, preparing them, uh, the Israelite people, for their wilderness journey. And uh, the uh, uh, patriarch Moses, their leader, is uh, you know, about to present the Ten Commandments to them that he received from God on Mount Sinai. And what does Moses come down to find? He finds the people um, gathered in worship around this golden calf. And why was that? Well, they, 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 their claim was that Moses was taking too long, and uh, they, they saw the cloud, they feared that God had killed him, and they said, Moses is gone, God has taken him. <laughs> Uh, let's, let, let's build the, the golden calf 
who will lead us back into um, Egypt. That, that's what they worshipped in Egypt. They wanted the golden calf to lead them back to Egypt. And they said, that we'll follow the, the, this God and he'll lead us back to, to um, Egypt. And um, um, Moses' own brother, Aaron, was complicit in all of this. And it, it, was, it was a terrible scene that Moses saw when he came down from the mountain. And, and before Moses even, even brought the New Testament, the, the Ten Commandments, the Old Testament, excuse me, the Ten Commandments, the, the newly formed tablets of stone, before he even brought that down from the mountain to present to the people, God, God's terms for his relationship with them, they had already broken it. And as a sign of that, Moses takes those stone tablets and he smashes them in the ground. A broken covenant before they, they even got out the door. I mean, think, think about all, all that God had brought them through. You, you know the story of, of Moses. It's, it's a miraculous story. It's a wonderful story. The people were in slavery in Egypt. Um, God had made a covenant with their forefather Abraham centuries before this. And yet they were now found themselves enslaved in Egypt. And uh, God sent his servant Moses to go and, and talk to the Pharaoh to let his people go. And Pharaoh refused over and over again. But God, because he loved his people and he, and he honored the covenant that he made with Abraham, he, he literally moved heaven and earth to get the slaves free. Literally. I mean, you got, you got the, the ten plagues of Egypt, the locusts, the flies, the frogs, and, and uh, the... the um, everything was being destroyed, the, the river turning to blood. And then finally, and Pharaoh would never relent because Pharaoh thought he was God on earth. And it wasn't until God took Pharaoh's firstborn son um, and, and, and went, went through, through death. And that sounds like a terrible thing. But we have to remember what Pharaoh had done. He, he had killed um, millions of Israelite slaves by dumping their, their babies into the river. Um, but, but, but God, you know... That, that's, that, that was the straw that brought the camels back and Pharaoh relented and he let the people go. And God guided them uh, during the day through, through a pillar of cloud and then at night by, by a pillar of fire um, brought them miraculously through the Red Sea because Pharaoh has a screw loose. He doesn't seem to get it. And he decides he's going to pursue and destroy the Israelites even after all that God did. And, you know, the Israelites crossed over safely to the other side. That They saw all these miraculous things and wonderful things God had done for them. And even when they get to this mountain where God is going to give them the covenant, this is where the people gathered after they crossed the Red Sea. You know, God came down and visited them, and, and, and they saw the cloud on, on top of the mountain, and, and they heard the voice of God, and the mountain shook before them. And God said, only Moses can come up and speak with me. And, um, and the people said, we'll agree to do whatever you say, Lord. So, so even then, before, before it, was, it, was, it was even um, completed, the people said, they agreed, Lord, you are great and wonderful, and, 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 and we, we dedicate ourselves to you. But then, you know, a few days later, they're breaking the covenant, they're worshiping the golden calf, and um, God, God is heartbroken. That's, that's another thing about the Bible we have to understand. That, that when we talk about the law of God, we're talking about a cold and lifeless kind of thing. It, it does express God's um, will. It, it expresses God's 
um, character in those commandments. He doesn't just throw those out arbitrarily for us to follow and him not to follow. But, but God, you know, it, 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 God is not a lifeless law. It's, it's not about breaking the law or breaking his violations. It's about breaking God's heart. God loves his people. And he's giving us these instructions because his way is best. Because he, he knows what, what's best. It's like a father caring for his children. And, 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 and breaking this law meant breaking the relationship with God. That's what God wanted first and foremost. He told them in Exodus 19, He says, you know, um, go, go and tell the people of Israel, go and tell them this, that out of all peoples they will be my treasured possession. And all the whole worth is mine, you will be for me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. God wanted them, and He loved them. And He loved His, his creation too. We, we can go back to even Genesis and talk about God's love. <clears throat> but here, in, in, in this one scene, you know, the, the covenant has been broken. Moses is, is saddened. God, God's heart is broken. And God tells Moses and the Israelites... Um, I'm going to forgive you, but I'm not going to go with you. I'm going to send my angel with you to lead you into the promised land. And Moses gets down on his knees and, and begs God and intercedes on behalf of his people. Lord, we can't even take a step without you. And he begs God, go with us. I, I know that these people have done wrong. I, I know that we've done wrong. I know that we have sinned and, and done terrible things and that we've, we've hurt you and but God, we, we can't make it without you. And so through Moses' intercession, God agrees. And that brings us to this scene where Moses goes back up to God. He carves two new tablets. And, 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 and God writes on them with his own finger, the, the, the Ten Commandments again. And um, you know, it says, the Lord descended in the cloud. But the first thing that God does is he reveals his nature to uh, Moses. And this is one of the first statements where God definitively tells people His, his nature. And that nature is, is love. And so he says here in verse 6, The Lord, the Lord, a God merciful and gracious, slow to anger, and abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness, keeping steadfast love for thousands. It's sort of like the, the love a father has for a child. That, that word, steadfast love, appears over and over in the Bible. Sometimes, some translations call it unfailing love. Sometimes it's everlasting love. Sometimes it's mercy. Sometimes it's, it, it, it's uh, grace. Because all those things are tied up in that one word, hesed. What hesed means is the love of someone um, of higher rank for someone who is lower rank. And, and is uh, it's sort of like a, a, a master who, who, who loves a slave and treats a slave like, like a son. It's, it, it, it's, it's like a father who, who loves his own son. Someone of higher rank and authority loves someone who is of lower rank and authority, even when that person is rebellious and doesn't deserve it. <laughs> I mean, that, 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 that's, that word, it, it ties up Everything about what God's love is. Chesed is, is, is the love of someone who is of higher rank 
for someone who is of lower rank, even when that person is rebellious and doesn't deserve it. That's why it's also called mercy. Because, because it's uh, someone who um, holds authority over this, this other person. He loves them but shows mercy to them when they do wrong. Sometimes it's, it's grace. God's grace is giving us something that we don't deserve. That, because we are undeserving. But He gives it anyway because He loves us. All of those kinds of ideas are tied up in, in this word steadfast love. It's, it, it's God's love for His creation and, for, and particularly for His human creatures even when they don't deserve it. And so God promises Moses that He will go with the people. He will give them the new tablets of stone. He will reestablish His covenant with them. He would forgive their sinful rebellion. He would forgive their sinful idolatry. Even though they, they portrayed God, and even though they portrayed Moses, and, and even though they turned their hearts away, God would forgive them. And let's not forget about the role of repentance here either, because Moses had to intercede for himself and for his people. Um, he had to seek God's forgiveness. He had, he had to say that we were wrong to do what we did, Lord. But if you don't go with us, you know, there, there's no way we, we, we can make it. And God agrees, and so He reestablishes covenant. His love means forgiveness. Now at the same time, and this, this, this tied to repentance, why, why do we need repentance if God loves us? Why is that important? Because God is also a God of justice. And God wouldn't be a very good God if He wasn't about justice. God, God wouldn't be a very good God if He didn't call out wickedness and evil in the world. And so he also warns the, in, in this passage, he says, um, he will know by no means, in verse 7, he will by no means clear the guilty, visiting the iniquity of the fathers on the children and the children's children to the third and fourth generation. Now that sounds kind of harsh. But we have to think about it just before he said he would show steadfast love to thousands and now he's saying he will, he will punish people for sins to the third and fourth generation. Um, that, that's limiting his punishment, actually, if you think about it. Love for thousands who, who, who turn their hearts towards him, but the guilty, he will not clear them. And, and their whole family is going to... See, another thing we, we, we forget is, I mean, he's not talking about generation after generation after generation. He's saying... Whenever you are caught up in sin, it's going to affect your whole family. Your, your children, your grandchildren, your great-grandchildren. Whoever's alive at the time of your sin is going to experience this, um, this punishment. While that may not seem fair, we have to remember that, that sin is something that spreads very, very quickly. I mean, I don't know if you, if you can see you know, or watch the news, but uh, sometimes these... Uh, the, these teen flash mobs will get started. Um, maybe you've seen a lot of them. Um, uh, they'll, they'll get on social media and we'll have you know, a group of teens meet up and we, we want to come and cause some problems here at, at this mall. And it's not very, very long before they've got a whole bunch of them joining in. Um, sin can, can all, all, very quickly becomes a communal thing. 
And, that, and, and he's talking about how sin can easily spread, how easily rebellion can spread, and, and, and wickedness, and, and, and all these things, they, they tend to affect the whole community. And I can tell you this, although salvation is personal and we have to personally receive it, God is also calling a, a community of people. I mean, how can we say that, that love is the key characteristic of God and yet cut ourselves off from the people of God? Man, that, that sounds very unloving to me. And this isn't a pitch to get people into church. <laughs> But, but it is saying that you need other believers in a community of faith so that you can experience God's love through them. Sometimes, um, you know, when we're on our own and, and we feel feeling lonely, sometimes our emotions can, can block out that, that idea of that God loves us. So it works both ways. If um, sin can poison a community, but God, God's love can, can, can also spread through the community. And I can tell you this, God's love is stronger than, than any of our sin. God's love and forgiveness is stronger than any sin that you and I are, could commit or be involved in. God's love can, can reach down into us even when we don't think we deserve it. It does. And it will if we allow it. His love means forgiveness. The guilty He will not allow to go unpunished reminds us that we didn't repent of our sins when, when, when they happened. That we need to turn to Him and seek His forgiveness. Um, someone who, I, and I believe this firmly, someone who believes in Jesus Christ, who, have, who has received Him as Savior, um, God is not waiting around to drop the hammer on them every time they mess up. That's not the truth of the Gospel. The truth of the Gospel is that um, we're in His hands and no one can pluck us from us, but we can pluck ourselves out of God's hand if we refuse to listen to His Spirit if we refuse to repent, if we refuse to go our own way and ignore God and His Spirit, that can happen. That doesn't mean that God changes His love for them. It means our love for Him has changed and we've drifted away. The good news is that His love means forgiveness. And if we turn to Him with a true heart of repentance, God is ready and willing to forgive us automatically if we do it in a sincere way. And of course, since we're celebrating Christmas, the greatest expression of God's love um, uh, and, and forgiveness of our sins is that He sent His own Son, Jesus Christ, into the world. John 3.16, we know, we know it well, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in Him will not perish but have eternal life. Jesus came into the world to suffer and die so that our sins could be forgiven. The covenant that God established in the Old Testament said that no one can enter God's presence because of their sin. And the only way that, that you can come to worship God is, is that you sacrifice an animal, shed its blood, and it would act sort of as a substitute, um, a, a placeholder, if you will, so that you can come and worship, so that you won't have to die, but you can come into God's loving presence. And the reason, uh, this sounds terrible, but God is a holy God. He's so holy that anything that, that's unholy would enter His presence would automatically die. That, that, that's just a reality. 
Nothing can enter God's presence that, that, that is sinful or wicked. And so He's made a way for salvation. And He did that in the Old Testament through the covenant. But now He does it through a new covenant, through Jesus Christ, who became the sacrifice once for all in our stead, so that you and I would not have to die in our sins anymore, but that we could receive the forgiveness of God once for all for our, for our sins. So no more sacrifices had to be made. Christ became the ultimate sacrifice for us. And in God's steadfast love, He sent His Son, Jesus Christ, who loved us as well, and who has suffered and died for our sins. We have to understand, too, that Jesus did it willingly. He did it out of His love. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, they live in a community of love. They each love each other. The Father loves the Son. The Father loves the Spirit. The Spirit loves the Son and the Father and, 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 and all those ways that you can think of. That they, they are um, essentially connected to one another in a bond of love. The Apostle John said God is love. He exists that way. And so it's natural for us to think that uh, Jesus would come out of His love his love for the Father and His love for His people to come and die and suffer and die for our sins in the way that He did. And also He has, um, through His death and through the forgiveness of our sins, He has given us another gift and that is the Holy Spirit who is also part of the loving Godhead, who, who exists in love with God, in, 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 in this loving uh, bond with God. And He comes to us and, and gives us God's love in our hearts. He transforms us so that we can love others. God is all about love, and He's been all about love from the beginning. And ultimately, His love means our forgiveness. So what should we, as people, do with, with that knowledge? Well, we've already said, one of the things that we need to do is repent of our sins and come to God and seek His forgiveness and His love. But I would also say, as Moses' reaction was here, our reaction should be to worship. To be on our faces before God. To, to be in, in a prostrate position before Him. Worshiping Him because of His love for us. Because of His mercy. Because God gives us an undeserved love. A steadfast love. You know, and, and He gives us that, that love. And, and, and so we, we have to worship Him. We have to thank Him. We have to worship Him for His greatness because of that. Because God is love. We worship Him because God is love. A lot of times people worship God out of servile fear. Sometimes people worship God um, for various reasons. Because, well, the Bible tells me so. <laughs> or I have to do this. But when a person experiences the love of God, God's love fills their hearts and lives. It transforms us so that we love to worship Him. <laughs> and we worship Him in love. And I'm afraid what's happened today is that the love of many has grown cold, as Paul tells uh, Timothy, his, his uh, pastor, Paul, Paul the Apostle tells his young pastor Timothy, the love of many will grow cold. And it, and it has happened. It's happening right now. 
I think it's even happening among the believers. Our hearts have grown cold towards God at times. And, and, and we failed to worship Him properly. We need to remember that Jesus has died for our sins. And He loves to forgive people. And there is no one that God cannot forgive. And there is no one that God cannot transform. I think of all the examples of Scripture. Um, that, 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 that this phrase, the Lord, the Lord, uh, merciful and gracious, uh, slow to anger, abounding in steadfast love. <clears throat> that, that phrase appears, appears in several other places in the Scriptures, especially in the prophets and in the Psalms. Over and over again, that expression is made. Why? Because these people experience God's love and forgiveness. King David was, was uh, a man after God's own heart. He loved the Lord and he served the Lord. And even as a young boy, God called him to be the king of Israel because he saw how much, God, how much David loved God. You know what? David made a huge mistake. When he became king, he became arrogant. And he had an affair with a young woman named Bathsheba. And he sent her husband to the uh, battlefield, to the front of the line, so that he would be killed. And then he tried to cover it up. And when it was found out, and the prophet came to King David and accused him, David fell on his knees and confessed like he had never confessed before. And he asked God to change my heart, O God. And we know that God forgave David and established his kingdom. And David eventually became one of the greatest known kings of Israel. It was because of his repentance that God spared him. Because of his confession of sin, God, God loves the adulterer and is ready to forgive the adulterer. There was a man in the New Testament named Saul. And I just mentioned Saul. He used his Gentile name, Paul, when he went to speak to the Gentiles. But Saul was a murderer. Saul worked for the Pharisees and went after these new believers in Christ and, and was ordering their executions, ordering them to be stoned, having them arrested, thrown in jail. He was doing all sorts of, of wicked things to people. But when Saul encountered Jesus Christ and he came to understand the gospel, Christ appeared to him on the road to Damascus. Saul's life was transformed. God forgave the worst of sinners. Paul said, I am the chief of sinners. But he was a murderer and God forgave him because, again, Saul repented. But God's love means forgiveness. I think about when Jesus was dying on the cross even. There was a thief being crucified next to him. And that thief <clears throat> asked Jesus, Remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus said, Today I tell you, you will be with me in paradise. That simple act of, of repenting and acknowledging who Jesus was. This, this, this life, this, this guy who had been a thief probably all his life, was forgiven. God's love means forgiveness. There, there's no sin that you commit that, that, that could keep you from God's love. And if you turn to Him and repent, 
He can forgive you. Doesn't matter what you've done. Doesn't matter who you are. Doesn't matter if you've been in prison. That doesn't matter if you've done wicked things. If you repent and come to Jesus, the one who loves you, He will forgive you. And His love means forgiveness. Let's stand.